So, Paul, mm. how can we readjust our format fresh for the 2020s? Backwards baseball caps for a start. <laughs> Definitely. It's coming back. Digimons, yeah. Tamagotchis, which is better. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe we'll find out through the process yeah. of one good thing. Swallow this pog <laughs> and come with me. <laughs> come with me. Swallow this. <laughs> it's a world of 2020s. It's a bit shit, <laughs> but maybe we'll be able to fly. Don't be afraid, here's Gaspar Noé. <laughs> the man of the 2020s. Oh boy, thanks Gaspar. I think he's on next decade's GQ. <laughs> Time magazine man of the decade. Fisting himself. <laughs> heading, uh, heading himself. It's a very complicated Ouroboros-like sequence. Well, that sounds good, man. <laughs> I think we could get into reviewing... Uh, what's, what's fresh? What's fr- TikToks. TikToks. You know? Big Willy style. Yeah, here to say. TikToks are here to stay. We don't need to uh, worry about that being obsolete. Literally, by the time this episode comes out, I feel like if we just start reviewing those and never look back, it's um, full time now. I think so. Will Smith to do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he's gone back. He's actually he's Jazzy Jeff again. Oh what? No, he, he wasn't was never Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff. Jeff. Jazzy Jeff was the other one. He was no. He he is now. He has absorbed Jazzy Jeff, and he is now the fresh prince of Jazzy Jeff. Some Akira style. <laughs> Globule. <monster. That's> all. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. Jazzwa, Oba, Oba, Oba. Shit, the nineties is dark. <laughs> the twenty twenties is dark. <laughs> or maybe we could just go all the way back and introduce flapping again. Oh yeah, nice hip hop flapping. I think so. Well, I think if you're going to start pick up flapping again, you're going to pick up some opposition to flapping. And I'll be ready for that. With our backwards baseball caps and our Will Smith fresh rhymes. With his, if your '90s revival and my '1920s revival, and we'll we'll all clash in the streets. Just be warned. How are they... <laughs> My folk have a lot more dysentery and a lot less antibiotics, but we have gotten for a war. So how are they going to handle Gary Barlow, Paul? That's what I want to know. <laughs> the ultimate iconoclast. <laughs> Blood in the streets. It's time for a new belief system, and I'm <laughs> and I'm here with Rudolph Valentino, and I've got some things to explain to you all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Mark Owen and high waisted denim pants. <laughs> to say about them because no film is worthless i'm paul salt i'm an old old pool man old old pool good man it's our 150th episode and <laughs> to think they said we'd never figure out how to turn the mics on well take that mum <laughs> i hate her <laughs> this is all in spite of her what are we gonna do we're gonna listen to some cut bits we're gonna revisit our top oh, yeah. and bottom tens Ooh. uh we're gonna eat a mince pie live on air they said we couldn't and, and um, wouldn't <laughs> they said we shouldn't they said it wouldn't be interesting enough, <laughs> but we'll show them. Mum. <laughs> God damn it, Mum. And we're going to answer some of those great audience questions that you love asking us. We did get some, right? Uh, some. Okay, great. I, I, I hoped for at least some. Yeah, well, you know, that's paid off. I would have settled for, for Anne. Anne won. Luckily, it won't come to that. It won't just be me asking the questions in a squeaky voice. Like, like every other year. What, what makes you guys so great? That's a great question. Oh, man. Where do we start? What a sexy question. <laughs> what, a, what a highly attractive and heroic question. Well, let me tell you this. But first, before we get to any of that, 
we've got something to discuss. What? The very first cancelled episode of A One Good Thing. Mm. Now, some of our more astute listeners may have noticed that we put out the call for good things about a particular film that we have not released an episode about. Mm. Uh, That film was Andrew Wakefield's 2015 science fiction film, Vaxxed. Yeah. A fraudulent documentary about the highly debunked link between measles vaccinations and autism in children. Yes. I have to date not watched minute one of this film, but Paul G. Hello. Paulie G. He got about halfway through and suggested we not cover this and instead cover the Keanu Reeves masterpiece Not Knock, nudging us gently into the far mellower waters of forced p- penetration. Yes. <laughs> that, it felt much better. <laughs> much easier on the butt. So, Paul, you podcaster. Lies. Lies. What's one thing about Vax that made you not want to do an episode on it? There was a lot of uh, a lot of exploitation of children with autism, which was love it. Uh, love that made it difficult to begin with to get to, you know, to get that comedy spin on the episode. <laughs> um, it's not Count Dooku sort of sliding down a, a pole, is it? Yeah, no, it's it's lacking any of that. <laughs> the thing is, it was a fairly compelling film for all of its um, because of its horror and because of the audacity with which it was mm. conveying its message. Yeah. But um, and and it's something that if we were to do an episode, uh, a podcast where we analysed pseudo scientific documentaries, yeah. uh, minute by minute and took them apart, <laughs> then it would be perfect. For it. <laughs> Right, Um, because it's one of the most groundbreaking ones of that genre. (laughs) But um, the the more I watched it, and the more I'm watching parents in tears, and some some really exploitative footage of children with autism at their absolute worst. Right, their most challenging behaviour. Yeah, Mm. you know, when when we write notes, we we have I don't know about you, but I have the occasional thing like, oh, I could write a jokey comment here. (laughs) Uh, That bit was empty. Couldn't feel that. Right. Okay. But you did crucially have good things, things that you found in it that made it an interesting watch at the very least. Yeah. So Yeah, this is yeah, crucially this is this is it. It's not uh it's not a failure of the mission statement. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. And it's just you know, we're now for the first time we've reached this point where the mission can successfully be carried out, finding good things in terrible films, but the other mission, kind of, the pseudo kind of narrative mission, the, the meta narrative uh mission of make compelling podcast episodes that are fun and light yeah that could not be succeed uh fulfilled in this particular case yeah so it's a it's a difficult line to toe anyway yeah. i think in, in uh, <laughs> modern in the in modern this day world. And age the manichaic modern world yeah um, the malachian current world <laughs> no, that's fair enough i would have been interested to see some of it coming from the perspective of sort of disability rights in which you know parents saying oh having an autistic child is just the worst thing in the world i'd rather that they risk death via measles than than grow up autistic very much has the vibe of fuck you yeah <laughs> people live with autism yeah. it's a broad neurodiverse spectrum out there and yes you can get pictures of kids yeah. freaking out with autism you can probably get kids without autism you know acting really challenging and shittily yeah. you know it's just kids as well as anything else. Obviously, yeah. you know, having a child with autism presents its own challenges. But the idea of, oh, I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll roll the dice, you know, on this one is not yeah. something that's very positive from a disability, you know, friendly point of view. No. And add that to the fact that statistics were oh, yeah, um, sure. pretty much entirely misrepresented by people who weren't qualified uh, yeah. for the job. There's absolutely no compelling evidence. Manufactured. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no compelling evidence whatsoever that suggests that measles is in uh, measles vaccinations or any vaccinations are in any way related to autism. And in fact, there is hard, solid evidence out there that suggests that vaccine hesitancy is causing deaths because it's not just your child that's affected. Lowering yeah. the general immunity of a community increases the chances of someone who is vulnerable to it and unable to get vaccinations due to you know a myriad of different reasons, allergies or you yes. know immunal deficiencies that they have 
have it increases the chances of them encountering the virus because you didn't vaccinate your kid so yeah exactly it's not only wrong it's irresponsible and selfish exactly uh, for that you know i'd love to i would love to do it as an episode but yeah as a as a very pointedly not (laughs) typical comedy one good thing episode yeah whether it's a a patreon when we finally get off our asses (laughs) and get that going or you'll see all our edgy episodes where we talk about the really rough stuff (laughs) i mean it is fair to say we've we've covered some bad movies I don't think we've ever covered something that... hateful movies. (laughs) We haven't covered anything that has possibly resulted in actual real-life deaths. Because if even one person out there saw this film and was like, you know what, I'm convinced, and didn't vaccinate their kid, it could have killed someone. So... Yeah, exactly. That's a challenging one. (laughs) There's also the responsibility that you have as somebody who um, has... uh, I wouldn't call it mass appeal from our podcast but you know in the same way that robert de niro wanted to to show it at sundance just to get the conversation going yeah and then whether he pulls it or not you're automatically martyring this movie yeah so it, it, it increases exposure to it and then gets more people you know there are people who are going to watch it like us who will go this is ridiculous and yeah, irresponsible yeah. Uh, gross uh misrepresentation <laughs> misrepresentation of statistics and a gross yeah. abuse of uh authority yeah but there will be people who go Ooh, this is a dramatic movie, and maybe maybe I shouldn't vaccinate my children. Yeah, and... yeah. Maybe this is too real for the powers that be to watch, and I'm going to get some sort of inside track because yeah, you, there is that kind of thinking. And so the fact that you know, if if we were to release that episode, and there would be people out there, you know, if somebody comes across the episode who is an anti-vaxxer, and mm. then that spreads, then you know, it's only going to give the documentary itself more publicity. Well, there is that, it's... but to some extent, we do have that whole idea of if it does, if it can be, as Neil Breen teaches us, if it can be destroyed by the truth, it deserves to be. And if I, mm. I know it's very easy, especially now and in light of recent events, to feel like okay the inf- the public need to be protected from certain things and they mustn't be exposed mm. to certain ideas because they are too dangerous and people are too susceptible to them but mm. ultimately the podcast might help to spread the right information you know if we covered it and yeah that's you true. know we would be critical of those ideas true i mean i guess that's exactly what happened with nick griffin at the bmp isn't it as soon as yeah. he went on the bbc just dispelled the whole myth behind him was Oh no, he's just a racist. Yeah, and I like to think of us as very much the question time of good fi- of bad films. I, I mean, I think that's absolutely true and fair. Yeah, and we will be having Nick Griffin on next week. Nick Griffin? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. Nick Griffon. And it's his name. It's not Griffith. Griffin. Griffin. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. I know. Nick I Griffin. You move on to the next bad guy. I think that's fair enough, I, and it's I think fair enough to pull the episode because you know it wouldn't have necessarily been as entertaining as uh, Keanu Reeves having sex with a couple of chicks. My thing with conspiracy theories has always been, just think yourself how many people need to be lying for this to work. You know, if one person needs to have told a lie, well, that could probably be true. So Michael Peterson may well have pushed his wife down his wife down the stairs that's Mm. you know one person lying that could be the case well what if two people need to lie someone who did it and someone else needed to cover up again not inconceivable mafia does it maybe a dozen people Mm. need to lie one organization but then you're onto government organizations countries elected leaders Mm. independent review agencies all involved in this same conspiracy and you just you know and it's the same with the moon landing and jfk you know all these things it's just like there would someone would have talked (laughs) somebody i mean this would well paul paul Mm. people did talk but you know what happened to (gasps) him they got injected with cancer (laughs) yeah injected with fake eyebrows (laughs) in order to destroy their credibility (laughs) i I think it's a really interesting we could do a four-hour episode on this because we'd then start talking about the human need to there's a there's a weird human compulsion for conspiracy theories yes to take control of their own lives by getting on the inside track and being in the know and outsmarting the experts 
Yeah, it's the same thinking that leads to a lot of people maybe stewing science and mm. saying because you know there has to be an answer for something. If it isn't an answer for something, it means that it's being hidden. Yeah, or yeah. That, or you know, there's a higher power or something like that. Sure. It's, it's never. It's not enough for some people just to have a question. Except that there isn't. Yeah. No answer. Yet, yeah. Yet. Yeah. Or they won't be ever, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, it's galling. It is galling. Maybe magical Jesus man has the answers. I hope so. That's what I'm putting my money on. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I know Christopher Hitchens said it wouldn't be nice if there was actually an afterlife because Christianity is bad. But, you know, <laughs> I'd, still, I'd still like to be Fuck yeah. al- alive in the ether. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I go with Jean-Paul Sartre's argument on, um, on God in general, which is that he does not exist, I cannot deny, but that my entire being doesn't cry out for him, I cannot escape. I think that's a fairly good way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think that's that's the the, the crux of uh, religion worldwide, <laughs> and that's why I that don't one. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you should really try hard liquor. So, <laughs> I should give it a go. I thought you would say you should really try hard liquor, as if that was my <laughs> not my new nickname. Old liquor salt. Old liquor salt. How'd you get that name? Well, it was nothing to do with sexual exploitation exploits yeah. whatsoever. Just. He likes existentialism. lollies. Yeah. And, and yeah. existentialism. He likes lollies and existentialism. He's quite a guy. You've got to meet him. Old liquor salt. <laughs> None of this makes sense. I hate you. <laughs> so, mission statement intact. We're still looking for the good things. In short, yeah. <laughs> In short. Mission statement We're intact. Great. We're fucking amazing. We've not failed yet. And we never will. We're never going to die. And um, <laughs> we dance better than literally anyone else on Earth. So, come check us out. We're out there. But OGT, the flash dance story. <laughs> We're still watching terrible movies and trying to find nice things to say about them. This still isn't quite related to what I was... I think, really, looking back on it, my main objection was that there were just people out there with opinions that weren't mine. You know, who were being overly critical of movies that I generally thought were quite good. We've not really gone after those. We've not talked much about The Dark Knight Rises and, you know, other Christopher Nolan films that people have unduly criticised, I feel. Mm. But instead we're watching... Big Mama's house. Yeah. And finding nice things to say, which almost, it's almost as if what we've done is, I don't like what you're doing in my playground, so we're going to go into the bad movie playground and do what we feel like you should be doing in ours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one because I guess, you know, the way you feel about movies can sometimes be visceral. It's, it's, it's gut, it's, it's instinctual. Yeah, um, it is. It actually is. And when you're going actively into bad movie territory and finding the good things, then you're forcing yourself to look at oh, the set design was cool here, or... Yeah. And, you know, so OGT could be just an appreciation of um, the supporting Crafts cast. people, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is just, it's a, it's a really cool thought experiment and a cool way of thinking and a good way, a very positive way of approaching this kind of thing. I but then when so. I watch a high-profile movie that I really dislike, God, yeah. the heckles go up and... Uh, it can be really right. hard. And it, it does upset me. We, who, did, who recently told us that they recommended our podcast to someone and they said they couldn't listen because it was too negative? Because that, that really did bother me. That's an upsetting idea. Yeah, because you know we're trying to be the positive balls and yeah we but we do get offended when things feel lazy or mm. incompetent but that doesn't mean that we're not then going to devote a significant amount of time to enjoying the things that are good well, about this i actually had that same almost guilty feeling when we started the podcast oh, yeah. um 17 years ago huh. <laughs> when uh, th- two or three episodes in i thought god we're being we are being very negative for a positive podcast. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I wasn't sure about the balance, but, yeah. you know, the alternative would be to lie. Yes, that's it. And be to say, hey, yeah, good job, everyone. It was a great film. Here are the good things. Yeah. wouldn't be honest. No, it, it you is. Know, we're not. I mean, I think that's what makes the stakes is that we are honest about how bad these films are, but also we're going to then choose actively to look for the good things about them. And I think there is merit in doing so because... Hmm. 
it does emphasize the idea that you've got to challenge sometimes your you know beliefs on a thing and just absolutely saying this is bad and this is good is never that helpful yes and that's yeah, the exactly. kind of reductionism that I feel like we're coming after. I hate it when I overhear people just saying, oh yeah, I saw that film, shit. I was like, what, what, yeah. what else? You know? What else about yeah. it? You can't, it? A lot of people put a lot of time and effort into that. You know, you paid money to see it. Yeah. You can't just come away with a one-word review. No, um, it, I've also, I found actually when I've come out of cinemas recently, having seen a bad movie, mm. my, my discussion, you know, whilst still being quite het up, mm. I'm now taking moments to acknowledge all the good things. Yeah. <laughs> like, the quick fire round of our conversation. <laughs> I fire the gun. Um, <laughs> Everyone runs away. I have no one to talk to. Yeah. I get a bit sad. Crowd yeah. runs screaming, yeah. <laughs> and then I talk about all the good stuff in that movie. People think I'm so negative. <laughs> but it has that, you know, it has, so it has changed the way I think about movies that I dislike. Yeah. Um, even if, even if it, it creates that sort of aggressive reaction to it in the beginning. <laughs> it's very mindful, this ep- this podcast, I think. It's basically think so. meditation. Um, <laughs> That's what I think is superb about it. Exactly. It's acknowledging the errant negativity that enters your brain and yeah. uh, and just letting it pass like clouds in the sky. Beautiful. Thanks, man. What a beautiful idea. We should move on now and we should talk about our top and bottom 10. And let's start with the best, shall we? And then, Go on, then. we can talk about the worst. So at number 10, it's the Christmas tree. <laughs> Episode two. Badly animated, hilarious voice acting. Only takes 40 minutes to watch. Real delight. Yeah. Especially this time of year. Perfect. Watch it. <laughs> watch it now. Ah, oh, the happening. You like hot dogs, right? It's the number nine, the worst of the yeah. worst of Shyamalan in the best way. Um, that golden moment where Shyamalan was so bad, he really genuinely was fascinating yeah. and brilliant. Um, number eight, Highlander two. Will I ever see you again? Who knows, Highlander? Who knows? Glorious, cheesy nonsense. Yeah. L- lacks the sincerity of the first one, but it's just a delight. Number seven, Manos. Manos. I, I am Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away. It's it's a classic. It's a gloriously bad film with some mm. incredible characters. Yeah. Uh, character. No, <laughs> uh, characters. There characters. are many, many wonderful yeah. characters. And Kissing couple. Just <laughs> one of those films that was somehow cobbled together and, and released by accident. And yeah. Iconic. And very quotable. Iconic is the right word. Number six, first genuinely good film, At Long Last Love. Have you heard Professor Munch ate his wife and divorced his lunch? Well, did you ever? What a swell party this is. Really yeah. great. Good musical, catchy still music. Smile. Still speak Yeah, it's still really smile-worthy. It's an enjoyable film. It's, you can't fault its heart. I yeah, think. very sincere. And Sybil Downing's still really beautiful. Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. Probably both. Sybil Downey Jr. Both of them. Sybil Downey Jr. <laughs> oh, if only she kicks that drug problem. And here we here's our first new entry. Pass through. Fuck yeah. A Neil Breen dream. How did I get here? Oh my goodness! What is this? What are you doing? It's clean. It's all clean. I mean, if it, where Manos was seemingly cobbled together, Pass Through looks like it was pieced together by a genius from another planet who doesn't, <laughs> speaking, doesn't quite understand how it works on Earth. Speaking in a language that we're not sophisticated yet enough yet to know. It's, yeah. oh man, it's just sublime. It's everything that you could possibly want from a bad movie and it's compelling and also has some stuff in it that's kind of interesting in a genuine way. So it's it's just yeah. the best, the best kind of thing. Number four. Speaking of genuine. Speaking gen. of genuine. Genuine. It's um, Gem and the Holograms at number four. The 
first actually good movie we watched and still one of the best ones it's um yeah just very sweet and sincere and the yeah. songs are still good yeah is it the only one on the uh list to have made me tear up i think it is i think probably yeah oh, yeah but when she's talking to her dad number three it's a swarm oh my god bees bees millions of bees they finally got rid of got rid of the africans um <laughs> Oh. Jesus. The Swarm, it is just balls to the wall. Michael Caine is campiest. Um, yeah. And bees are the bad guys. So it's two and a half hours long. And it, it's <laughs> it's only occasionally feels that. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Uh, number two, new entry, Showgirls. Nomi's got heat. Paul Verhoeven's manic, deranged masterpiece that still generates conversation to this day. There's a really great companion piece film out at the, mo- um, at the moment called You Don't mm. Know Me. Nomi, N-O-M-I. Um, which is just all about the film, its legacy, the making of it. And, and I feel like it completes the missing part of the puzzle for enjoying Showgirls, which is Elizabeth mm. Berkley seems to have come to terms with it and moved on. Because what that movie did to her career is kind of the downer note of the whole mm. thing. But she's... She seems at peace with it, so I think now we can fully embrace it as the camp masterpiece that it really is. Intentionally as well, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, genu- genuinely time. good film. And uh, <laughs> just another string in Verhoeven's bow. <laughs> and number one. Still our favourite film. <sighs> Still the favourite. Second year in a row. Well, it's uh, it's Vampire's Kiss. The Nick yeah. Cage a thong. <laughs> um, I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on mired by the whole cage rage yeah. memification of of uh, <laughs> of cage's performances not entirely unearned in this case <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yes not not definitely it's a big performance it's definitely earned but it's it's well channeled <laughs> and it's just one of those occasions yeah. where it's just the perfect niche cage, nick cage performance for the role it's fucking hilarious yeah and <laughs> It's, again, just a very, very well-made, entertaining film. It is. It really is. That needs more so, yeah. viewing. Needs more viewing. Go watch it. Don't just watch a YouTube selection. It's um, yeah. it's Spoiler. really, really compellingly entertaining. Okay, moving on to our worst films that we have mm. watched as a result of this podcast. Number 10, old favourite, Norbit. Ugly black one, too. You'll be here a long time. Really gross, really lazy, really yeah. offensive. Yeah. yeah. Just the broadest possible sense it's it only the only thing that offended me was the shitness of it <laughs> um i just felt spoken down to <laughs> i mean he's very tall speaking of tall number nine transformers 2 <laughs> all those tall robots that hurt me it's supposed to hurt it's an ass kicking those tall robots <laughs> tall robots in disguise <laughs> it's classic michael bay every uh, frame of the movie plays out on top of every other frame in the movie at the same time you don't know what's happening. Everyone's sweaty and greasy and gross. Yeah. Most of the film is shot from the perspective of um, Michelle Obama's ass, whatever her name is. <laughs> Michelle um, Obama is exactly what it is. <laughs> Megan Fox and ah, <laughs> uh, it's in- incomprehensible, boring, yeah. as well, and uh, unedifying in every way. It is uh, number eight, song to song. New entry. Oh, um, new entry. Ter- yeah, Terence, the worst Terence Malick we've seen so far, although apparently not the worst out there. So we'll look forward to maybe revisiting yeah, that in the new year. Um, really boring, profoundly boring. Really, and not really wastes that beautiful cinematography that he manages to still put in his movies. And it's just yeah. feels self indulgent and hollow, meaningless. And as a result, it just feels like it's squandering an awful lot of talent and um, goodness, which feels yeah. upsetting. It was really just really ramps up the inf- 
infuriating feeling uh, every minute that that film goes on. Um, it yeah. should have been a 10 minute short film. Yeah, it, it goes on for a tremendous amount of time without really engage- trying to engage you or interest you in any way. So, yeah. Yeah. A very misguided film, I think. Mm. Number seven. It's a favourite. I was going to say fan favourite. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It's a favourite of ours. Lesbian vampire killers. Love Woo! a British sex comedy. Next time, it'll have me bummed by a big gay werewolf, I swear. Love it. Christ. Yeah, oh, we, we've, we've been through it. It's just mm. crass with no point. Wonderful. Um, speaking of which, number six, The Hottie and the Naughty. Another, it's yeah. mostly comedies from here on out, to be honest. If it, it's all comedies from here on out. It's, oh, um, Jesus, it is. Yeah, Song to Song marks only the uh, only the second non-comedy on the list, which I think says a lot about our own sensibilities. <laughs> New entry, thanks, Jen. The Hottie and the Naughty just... Uh, yeah. It's right. Yeah. And speaking of that household. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Why do we let them? <laughs> Why do we let them Don't do let this? Don't let them do this. <laughs> Dex. No more. Because at number five, it's... Sex in the City, a two. Condoms! Condoms! Yes! Condoms! We only we saw it 152nd <laughs> as many times as uh, Worst Idea of All Time. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> I don't want to I don't speak to Jen and David anymore. I'd rather spend my time with number four, Bucky Larson. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Oh, God. <laughs> Just a mean-spirited film that yeah. really cynically feels like it's trying to get away with the least amount of work that it can possibly get away with. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Good thing we won't hear any more from that sh- those studios. Because <laughs> number three is Run For Your Wife. Danny Dyer. Neil Morrissey. Another Yay. British sex comedy based on a play from the 70s and all the trappings that that entails. Good to see a Brit in the top five. Yeah, it's rare, yeah. isn't it? It is rare. Anything. It's a, a new entry, and it's replacing a previous shit British film, Sex, Lies of the Potato Men. And yeah, it's really uh, dire. It's Danny Dyer. <laughs> it is Danny Dyer. It's Danny Diabolical. <laughs> Number two, Jack and Jill. Yeah, great. <laughs> really dispiriting fucking movie that just really just cynically tries to sell shit to you. It just pummels your goodwill until it's it does. dust. And the same goes for number one. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, but ag- more aggressively, yeah. somehow. Grown Ups 2, which lacks even the decency of a narrative structure. What? <laughs> yeah, instead it's just Adam Sandler and his friends paying each other millions of dollars uh, to hang out and not even write a script. Yeah. And just do poop jokes, ball jokes, and, <laughs> which, you know, are just offensive in their laziness. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is to say. Shit film. I assume it's still the worst. Probably still the worst. Oh, well, we don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's our top and bottom ten. Okay, here's our list of new clips. Let's start with 40s ASMR. Now, 40s ASMR, and I've got to be honest, I don't remember whose other voice this is. So perhaps you can uh, you can let me know which uh, which of our many fabulous guests this was. You know, I think it was always that way. I watched Citizen Kane the other day on my phone, and I was just like, God, that really felt that earbud or whatever you said at the end. Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> earbuds. <laughs> earbuds. <laughs> I'm like, what? He knew. He knew what I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> he was a visionary. He was the first ASMR <laughs> specialist. <laughs> How's this sounding for you guys? <laughs> Welcome to 1940s ASMR. Here's a crinkly noise followed by Huey Johnson and his favorite jets. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's Matthew. 
It's Matthew. I, I think that's the the basis of most of our comedy. Just it doesn't have to mean anything. You just you just say it. You, <laughs> you get say to laugh. It. Great. It is, it all along. It is a, a lot of fun when you can do it sort of before when you have a guest and you get to mess around with them before the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the only way you get to know a guy. Yeah, and sometimes. We have our guests talking without us even hearing, uh, such as the case when we asked the baby beard bastards to um, join us in recording part of what was it now the um, the the theme for one of our episodes during the uh, Land of the Lost review. And um, you haven't oh, yeah. heard this; they included this little bit. Um, uh, do you want? Okay, to- <laughs> so down on six. three on six. <laughs> what was it? Was it down on it was, six it from was, three? It was um, down. <laughs> Down, down from six on three. I think, Paul. Tell, tell me, tell us what it was. It's <laughs> sorry, Paul. It's it's a it's an eternal source of amusement down for us. Down from six on three. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you're like so mad. It, and it, but it was also because you could see where both Paul and Goodman were coming from. Like you know, and you could, oh, it's, it was just glorious. They're both so mad at each other. <laughs> None of you are making sense right now. I'm the I'm the listener, and I'm very confused. <laughs> Paul, answer us. What did you mean? Oh, are we sending them this whole thing? Yeah. Oh, hi. Sorry oh, for shit not? talking. You. <laughs> Welcome to uh, <laughs> what what life is without you in it. It's all right. They uh, this is us getting them back for talking shit about you and Casper on oh, an yeah. episode you weren't on, <laughs> and uh, talking shit about me three weeks in a row. <laughs> oh well, you know. But it's true, I wouldn't jealous. be a model. Yeah, because they don't have cool names like Sean and Ellen. <laughs> or don't our, tell them about Or our, or our Jaeger name. Don't tell them. Shellen. Shellen. Ooh. Or. What's your stripper name? My strip. Well, how does that work? That's um, uh, your first pet and your. Um, my street, street name? name when so the, the street name you grew up on. Jessie Oak Hill. Oh, she sounds like a, like a girl next door. I thought it sounded like someone that was in, like, the Saddle Club or something. <laughs> That's what I mean. All right. <laughs> uh, a horsey girl. <laughs> What's yours? Smokey Dale. Smokey was the name of your first pet? Yeah, my dog was named Smokey. Smokey Dale. Yeah. Smokey Dale was the stripper name. Yeah. Smokey Dale and Jesse O'Kill. <laughs> no, Jesse O'Kill. Welcome to our podcast <laughs> by Jesse O'Kill and Smokey Dale. Today we will talk to you about horses and stripping, I guess. Horses, <laughs> horses and nudity. Stripping the horse. It's the Equus podcast. <laughs> I like Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> All right, should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. I'll give him a time code on where we yeah, actually yeah. Should do we it. Should we count down? From six on three. <laughs> oh, yeah, your name is Paul. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to unpa- unpack yeah. there. The six on three thing was something that happened when we were appearing on their podcast, and we mm. had to try and count down in order to, mm. um, you know, reasonably enough, just in order to synchronize the two audios. And yeah, for some reason, I think the problem was that my the Skype that we had set up for some reason was not recording when I was speaking. It wasn't playing what you were saying, and so it sounded like mm. you weren't joining in. And consequently, yes. we-, we had a-, a bit of a time of it. I think it's fair to say. The, <laughs> a, little, a little bit. A little bit. A time. The entirety of which is now available at the end of the brilliant first time we appeared on Baby Beard Media, which I believe was War is the H word? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so check that out. Did we actually do six from three? Like yes, you, there three. is a moment where you say, okay, on three from six. and No, Really? Oh, yeah, you were counting down from six. And six? Why would I do that? The problem, I don't know. It's very odd, but you were counting down from three before you started. So you were doing three, two, one, six, five, four, three, two, one. I, oh, I have okay. no idea. It was very strange. Bear in mind, 
we did not have much experience of syncing at that stage. And in fact, it might have yeah. been the first time we did it because we used to record in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually, it's it's very mean of the baby beaters. Those, those pricks. <laughs> those absolute to, to draw attention to this now um, when we're at the, the peak of our abilities. <laughs> The sheer virility of us. Also, <laughs> I've heard my stripper name or porn star name, as it sometimes gets described, as being my mother's maiden name and my first pet, in which case I am Ebony Hunter. Ebony Hunter. Fuck yes. Jesus. If it's... That's so broad. <laughs> you could be in anything. I mean, quite specifically one thing, one kind of thing. <laughs> well, you say that, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hunter. Mr. Pigeonhole. <laughs> Pigeonhole um, was my other mother's, was my other grandmother's maiden name, Ebony Pigeonhole. So mine's Hoppy Weir, like Hoppy Weir, I art, it's Scottish, <laughs> but definitely Weir, not not Weir, Weir, because uh, that's different. That, that really pigeonholes me. <laughs> but they are <laughs> saying it's the street you grew up on, in which case mine becomes Ebony Lower Station, <laughs> which isn't quite as cool. Which definitely keeps you to one thing. <laughs> Um, mine's Hoppy Clarence. Hoppy Clarence, that's pretty good, although a bit whimsical. That's pretty good. It sounds like Tuppence, I think. It's a very, <laughs> it sounds like a very soft labial name. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know if you care to pay a visit to me old Hoppy Clarence. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Oh, certainly would, madam. <laughs> Let me add it. Oh, God. This next one is from our first ever family favourite episode, Planes, and it's called Dad Emotions. Paul, what else could come to life in a movie? I've had planes. To- I've had cars. Toast- toasters. That already happened and it was horrifying and we don't talk about it ever. Okay, the latent emotions of dads. Of <laughs> dads, specifically. <laughs> the really under underwhelming emotions of dads. <laughs> Slight tiredness in the afternoons. <laughs> That's one character. <laughs> that was voiced by James Gandolfini. Nope, he's dead. Um, Windy. <laughs> Mid-afternoon bloating after a lot of potato and turkey. <laughs> That's Paul Giamatti playing that one. Farts coming to the surface like uh, egg white. <laughs> All the dad emotions, such as farts. <laughs> How are you feeling today? It takes a lot well... of confidence to embrace this. <laughs> I like the idea of Pixar's dad emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Starring fart. Everybody's <laughs> favourite character, fart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dad wind rises. <laughs> oh, we now have a clip from our Spice Girls episode involving a very tender early memory for a young Paul Goodman. Weirdly, when I was around this age, um, yeah. it might interest you to know that I went to see Gary Glitter play at Wembley. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but wipe it up afterwards. Oh. Oh, um, no. Yes. Yes. Actually. Oh. Um, yeah, we saw, saw Gary Glitter, my, my dad and me, and um, they were supported by T-Rex, but not with, you know, without Mark Bolan. Oh, why's that? He was dead. Oh. oh. Yeah. Hmm. But the tree that killed him did did make an appearance, so. <laughs> tasteless, but rock and roll, <laughs> isn't it, mate? It was tasteless, but my God, was it hard to execute, though. <laughs> worth whatever that's worth. A for effort. <laughs> yeah, T-Rex introducing Gary Glitter is an interesting insight into a, a once upon a time. Yeah, a youth who grew up on Terminator 2 and Starship Troopers was also taken <laughs> to a Gary Glitter concert and turned out this well. What the fuck happened? <laughs> was no one paying attention? <laughs> 90s. <laughs> you really got away with it in the 90s. Well, speaking of something we didn't get away with, I think this is from the Casper episode, and it's me coming in a little bit high. Hello, and welcome to what? That was a bit high pitch. Hello? <laughs> we, uh, it's a children's cut- show. Hello? <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. <laughs> Hello. 
Hello and welcome to Wonk. <laughs> that was a bit too high society. Hello there. <laughs> oh, hey, how you doing? Welcome to One Good Thing. Fuck, I've overforced it now. I'm not going to be able to do it in any sort of natural way. Any way I do it, it's just going to be... Oh, Hard God. and fast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that will die a... Tr- mm. There you see. <laughs> yeah. That's how that goes. Slipped on the entrance. Yep, me slipping on the entrance there. <laughs> That um that clip reveals a much darker hidden story of one good thing in that uh, I, I genuinely 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 tried to upset Paul at the beginning of every episode. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes it has hilarious consequences. You come hard, and then I try and reel and recover, and that's how the comedy <laughs> happens. And it's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's the only way it should happen. My, it's my pleasure to introduce this next clip, which is um, delightfully titled "Ian Hislop Shitting on a Clock." Well, I'm really glad that we managed to squeeze one into this bu- busy frill fest that is May. Yeah. <laughs> the May month. May. It really is the May month. Yeah. Goodbye, May. Hello, also a different May. <laughs> oh, God. The newspapers the have fucking loved that. May's oh. prime ministership coming to the end at the end of May. It's the end May, of May. May, May, May. May, 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 God bless them. Those no immigrants. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I was reading The Guardian. Standards are slipping. Oh, twist. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Hislop was right about not that. About, about other things. Probably. When you when you shit on everything, you're gonna shit on the right thing. <laughs> yeah, Even a shat exactly. on thing is shat on twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know idioms. And Ian Hislop shat on is at least shat on. <laughs> no, that's just that it's just good it's just good news. That it's good true. to know. Yeah. It's good to know that someone is taking a shit on Ian Hislop. <laughs> yeah. That's what's to take away there. <laughs> that's wonderful in how that goes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. Uh, you teased this with the title for many months, and I was wondering yeah. how we were going to get to that point. How do you swing it over? Kiss past it. <laughs> it's marvelous to see it take shape <laughs> as it goes, so to speak, like <laughs> like a shit. Yeah, it's just before Can't, it drops, you squeeze out of an anus onto Ian Hislop. <laughs> yeah, I did it again, everyone. <laughs> we're actually um, very good at this. We're so good at this, guys. This is impressions outtake, and I can't remember what it is, but it's oh, very good. short. Oh no, it's two minutes and four seconds long. <laughs> shit. Who's doing this? Shit. Who's behind this? It's, it's Christopher Nolan. <laughs> oh, in that case. <laughs> well, speaking of which, before we start, I took Jen on Tuesday to go see a film about how movie sound works. Oh, yeah. And it was really fun, but in the first five minutes, there's interviews with um, Christopher Nolan, David Lynch, oh, and at least one more that we've done an impression of. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just occurred to me how much time you and I spend imitating directors and how weird that is. Yeah, yeah, um, very well-known <laughs> personalities. <laughs> I, afterwards, I, I mentioned this to Jen and she was like, yeah, I, um, I, I, I thought to myself, oh, great, I get to hear what these guys actually sound like. <laughs> it's nothing like how we do it. What, do you know what the problem is? It was nothing like how we do it. But now, when I hear Christopher Nolan speak, I do hear us. <laughs> In there. Oh, Somehow fantastic. it did get quite accurate. I mean, David Lynch was spot on, without a doubt, like either one of us. <laughs> Take that to the bank. <laughs> Movies are about dreams. <laughs> they also interviewed Neil Breen. Genuinely can't remember what Christopher Nolan sounds like. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Imagine a movie without sound. I know, right? <laughs> Gravity, a bit. Now you can stop imagining, because me and Hans Zimmer <laughs> have invented movie noise. <laughs> Take it away, Hans. 
That's him doing Foley. <laughs> they did use Inception as a demonstration of how Foley's done. And they had mm. Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy sort of trudging through the snow while some foul man just sort of crunches on some snow in a studio. <laughs> the old fat old <laughs> man <laughs> technique. Movie, <laughs> Movie magic. <laughs> in the making. Yeah. Could you have used a thinner man? No. <laughs> it wouldn't have had. You don't understand. <laughs> I think you need to spend more time with Stanley Kubrick's ghost. <laughs> like I have. Peeling back the curtain there on Christopher yeah. Nolan and his creative techniques. <laughs> you don't need much prompting to to get into a Christopher <laughs> Nolan story. And, really don't. Uh, as evidenced by seven hours of our podcast. <laughs> okay, this is my favourite one. This is uh, Nobbos. <laughs> but let's be quick, mate. Then we can talk about knobs. <laughs> Nobbos. <laughs> New Kellogg's Nobbos. <laughs> It gives me all the knob energy I need for the week. <laughs> nice one, Billy. <laughs> you can play with us now. <laughs> Kellogg's Nobbos. Never let us roll. <laughs> knobs from morning to night. <laughs> when kids need knobs. Go for Nobbos. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know why I included the last arm. <laughs> <laughs> that that arm is fucking everything. Right? <laughs> it really would kill a lay a finger on its head. <laughs> Well, speaking of laying a finger on its fucking head, here we have <laughs> just some of the mo- the magic that can happen when Goodman's cat gets involved in our productions. And what I really like here with the um, efficacy with which I fetch out the word cunt. <laughs> so natural. You're ready with it. Let me uh, let me just go and pick up my laptop that my cat just pushed off the table. What cunt? <laughs> you fucking prick. Oh yeah, and not going to watch your possessions at all times, are you? <laughs> Give me a moment whilst I punt this cat through the window. <laughs> I love that too, that he fucking ran away as soon as he did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the life of the cat. <laughs> he knows he's not meant to do the things he does, and then he runs <laughs> away because he knows any he's not supposed to do them. <laughs> You're not meant to be doing any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Little shit. I was I was a particular fan of the uh, flight of the Bumblebee key- keyboard solo, but you can't enforce one thing and punish the other <laughs> when he's not supposed to be doing any of it you know yeah that's the problem sometimes the thing he's not meant to be doing is quite cute and he doesn't yeah. know that he doesn't know the difference yeah <laughs> between being he knows a, he's prick a prick and yeah. being a genius cat a legendary cat you just gotta stamp it out no matter what that's what a good parent would do paul keep the cute stuff punish the uh stamp it all out goes a bit too far get rid and that's <laughs> the whole the whole act blank slate <laughs> that's what they should be forever <laughs> that's the point of a blank slate is you get to keep it blank okay now sometimes the notes i leave myself aren't terribly useful here is such an occasion so to make it special wow i gave myself a stage direction thanks paul i don't know what that means <laughs> i put fucking in brackets laconically great i'll do it that way past me what did i mean by that using few words and being generally despondent uh, no, I've got it. Okay. I know what I meant. I don't know what the fuck laconically plays into this, but anyway. So to make it special, we're going to take on three of the worst reviewed mo- movies of the year. So laconic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about our podcast. Laconic. It's pretty laconic. <laughs> Feels about right. Yeah. I think the important thing, as long as you get your stage directions, that's what matters. <laughs> Where's yours coming from is what I want to know. <laughs> it's the fucking All cat. here. He says, pointing to his... <laughs> Her butt. 
I get my stage. I'm getting a stage direction right now, if you know what I mean. Just go shit yourself. It's fine. <laughs> shit yourself, Jesus. <laughs> like just, you I love. Do. I love the way you leave the room to shit yourself. I just. I feel like we're one step short of a proper solution. Here. It is something that a cat would do. I feel. I'm gonna go and just shit myself on your bed there. Um, <laughs> thanks, and you're welcome. <laughs> See you soon, senor. <laughs> God, I fucking hate this cat. Okay, this one is entitled Surnames, for reasons Ooh. I can't remember. Sounds sounds JP. <laughs> so if we're going for a family-friendly episode here, the one that's suitable for all the kids and, and the mums and dads. Yeah. Um, and the cats. Probably... The many cats. Yeah, and, 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 and the cats. And any anyone, in fact. And we should probably get around to setting some guidelines. Am I allowed to say bum? I'm going to have to say bum. That's going to be an access need on my part. Okay, good. Can I say willies? I think Willie's, as long as you're referring to multiple men named William. Okay. Can I say, but? Only when interjecting. For example, I think this is a really good argument. Smell my butt! That's <laughs> that's you interjecting using the word but. You see. Oh, okay. Can I say John Goodman? No. Not before 9.30, young man. <laughs> you can't even say the last part, which is really inconvenient because it's your name as well. Yeah. What's your name? Um, and you're like looking at the watch. Come on, what's your name? Just, just, uh, just five more minutes, five more minutes. I mean, I already have to spell it out to literally everybody on the phone. Nobody, <laughs> nobody understands Goodman. And it always feels weird coming out of my mouth. Like, I can never just... Do I just say Goodman? <laughs> Goodman is my name, sir. Off, now go. <laughs> I think people greet my surname with a level of incredulity. Like, oh, it couldn't possibly be salt. I have taken to saying, yes, as in table salt. <laughs> Which I should probably come up with a cooler... No, as in rock salt. Nice. Yeah. Hi, I'm rock salt. <laughs> And I'm banned from here. <laughs> Please let me in. I left my keys in here. <laughs> I did actually spell my name to Jen earlier. She asked, uh, I can't remember why. She was putting my email address down on a thing. Mm. And um, I spelled S-A-L-T. And she was like, I know how to spell salt. And I, just, <laughs> I know you do. But most people think, I, I assume, well, it can't possibly be salt. That's not his name. That's crazy. That's not his fucking Only name. a loser would be called that. <laughs> That's fucking mental, mate. What's your actual, what, what's, how do you spell that? Is it something interesting? <laughs> no, it's it's the same table table salt. On on the other hand, I have um such a problem. I have to with my work. I have to leave my surname so often. Yeah. That, um, the amount of times that I spell it, I think oh, of course people are gonna know how to spell Goodman. Yeah. But uh, even when I spell it, sometimes I find them writing <laughs> down Godman, Gib Gibbon, and Gibman. <laughs> and what what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Some, I mean, I honestly get this sometimes where when somebody is leading, reading me a number or a list of letters, I just panic and stop listening. Almost immediately. Oh, I, I do that. <laughs> I also do that because my brain thinks, this should be easy. Just follow the letters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well done. You got that first one, right? Oh, wait, the, the second one was... Oh, no, that's third. <laughs> for, uh, um, uh, just tell you what, just start from wherever you, who he is now and then you'll come back. And then... <laughs> oh, killed himself again. <laughs> Again, God, how's he doing this? <laughs> it's Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. <laughs> he just cannot take a number to save his fucking <laughs> life, evidently. It's a good thing he lives eternal. Okay, finally, final one. Okay. The delightfully titled, We Fucked Woolish. Woolish. Did I not say it? Yeah, he did. I wasn't correcting oh, you. I was saying it's really cool that they Fuck, say... Fuck, I was so confused there. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, don't let me out. Don't let me do anything anymore. <laughs> This is hell. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I need a holiday. <laughs> Busman's holiday, um, more like. I always go on holiday to bus land. <laughs> to that bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
A backfill fart. <laughs> He's gonna sleep on the fucking bus again. <laughs> Can't wait to see where we're going today. Well, it's Tottenham Court Road through the highway, Highbury and Islington, as usual. That's a very short route. I couldn't think of a proper one. <laughs> so that's bloody that's bloody Sadiq Khan for you, mate. <laughs> Knife crime's a problem, and that bus, that one bus. <laughs> that one bus that's running like two blocks. <laughs> Fifty buses running that route every day. None in there's Woolwich. One every, there's one every 20 seconds and we've <laughs> fucked Woolwich. <laughs> that was the trade-off. Worth I can it, get though. from Highbury and Islington to that first place I said in not less than seven seconds. <laughs> but Woolwich is now a foreign country we've had to isolate. <laughs> Everyone agreed it was fair. Bit of London-centric humour there, yeah. but... Uh, well appreciated from this end. I think, well, you know, I think people from anywhere else in the country would hear that and go, yeah, you're right, Sadiq Khan is a scourge on the country. And um, I think it's really important. <laughs> Thank that, God. Yeah. Somebody's brave enough to say so. Yeah, <laughs> these two young boys. Unexpected source of that criticism, but I'll take it. <laughs> Welcome, nevertheless. Yeah. That's it for the clips. Let's turn to the OGT. Some of them have sent it in via Morse code. And we respect that. We respect it because we don't have any means of receiving more stuff. <laughs> so how you're doing it. Respect and hate really it. quite astounding yeah. to us. <laughs> Get it out of our brains, but keep it coming. Well, yeah, we asked the OG team for some questions for the pools for our 150th episode, which is coming up soon, I've been told. And um, <laughs> many of them responded. Several of them. Starting with Baby Beard Media, those pricks at Baby Beard Media, talking behind our backs, Baby Beard Media, Shellen, yeah. said, um, what film do you think is overrated? Oh. Uh, more questions, but let's stop there. <laughs> this question is often the sort of, it is, not to throw shade on Ellen, it is kind of the antithesis of the um, the purpose of the thing, of what we're doing here, which is, you know, this idea mm. of um, throwing shade at films that are well yes. respected. But nevertheless, I think we've both had issues with Boyhood. Yes. It, it is Boyhood, I think, for both of us, because it's the one film in our lifetime that's very well regarded. It's just a film I yeah. didn't get. I didn't, I wasn't that interested in the kid. And the fact that it was uh, shot carefully yeah. over 12 years doesn't feel that unique. You know, the Harry Potter films were shot over yeah. that long. You know, yeah. actors tend to get older when you watch them. Yeah, I guess so. It's um, It just repelled me, the obnoxiousness of the characters in the opening yeah. bit. I just couldn't get past it. Yeah, it's not necessarily a link later thing because he has done subsequent films that I've really loved. But something yeah. about Boyhood, maybe I need to give it another go or we could cover it on the podcast in a very unusual sort of anti-episode. The one bad thing about yeah. great movies. But yeah, it just didn't do it for me. So I think it's, it's probably Boyhood. Yeah. For a while it was Tree of Life, but I've come around on that. I really like it now. Yay. <laughs> it's a good film. It's a very good film. Okay, there are four questions here from Shellen, so it. I'm just going to ask them. Fuck yeah. Um, could you describe the story of how you both met as a scene from a romantic comedy? Oh, boy. Yes. Okay, now please tell it to us. <laughs> uh, our eyes met across, <laughs> across the, the, the greasy heads of the history class. <laughs> so greasy, those heads. We were put were. in a group together, and the rest of the group had to work on some bullshit history thing that nobody cared about, especially not us. And the, cool the two of us, we started talking about Futurama as a talking point. Uh, interestingly enough, you might be interested to learn, Baby Beard Media. Um, Futurama was the first thing I remember us talking about, and then our fingers touched as we um, both touched the history hole that we had been given. And um, yeah, from there, it was just hard pounding. Entered the singularity together. <laughs> and then eventually we thought, why not cement our um, friendship by doing a podcast <laughs> about Futurama? And then we thought, no, that's a shit idea. <laughs> and we got um, commitment rings instead. Uh, greatest fears, death. Oh, greatest fit. Yeah, deaf. Yes, definitely deaf. I'm not fond of mice yeah. and spiders, but deaf is definitely high up on the list. Moving on. What podcast do you listen to? 
I'm bad at listening to podcasts at the moment. I'm I, I work over full time hours. So uh, <laughs> um, weirdly, I actually do listen to the Baby Beard uh, Roll to Cast God, podcast every week when it comes out. Wow. Um, I get up on a Saturday and I and I listen to it while I while I cry the week away. <laughs> Very weird. Um, that you do that. Mm, no, I I am um, listening to Roll to Cast. It's great, and obviously the continued efforts of Shut Up and Take My Podcast. My big ones at the moment are Hey Riddle Riddle, and um, recently recommended by podcast. recommender extraordinaire Jen um, Daddies Mm. and Dungeons which is a really funny Dungeons and Dragons podcast so Dungeons and Daddies Dungeons and Daddies is what it's called I love it love it a lot (laughs) (laughs) I love Dungeons and Daddies (laughs) I occasionally I make occasionally make time to listen to the sam harris podcast good stuff adventure zone and my brother my brother and me are Mm. still in there occasionally um (laughs) but podcasting is kind of do spend all my time podcasting (laughs) i tend to i find i'm 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 reading more at the moment yeah i I was just gonna say i just i like to keep up with um some of our old favorites i listen to um you know what i like and i listen to we watch anything and blockbusters really good stuff and yeah i've been listening to a couple of the really good um the good folk who have appeared on the pod and um pod and family Formerly uh, Fortunes podcast that we do, uh, which yeah. I also listen to, uh, including the um, Final Girls Horrorcast, which is really funny and I'm really enjoying a lot. So, ah, uh, cool. Yeah, I think good po- stuff. A lot of the people on Formerly Fortunes are just very, very good. It's a good place to find out about new podcasts. I think if you go listen, yeah, and if you like what you're hearing, check them out. Especially if it's one good thing. Especially if it's us, the people <laughs> you're already listening to. <laughs> Formerly Fortunes is also good. It's well worth a listen. Yeah, it's a very cool quiz show. <laughs> um, Katie Katie Our good friend Katie Aww. Said uh, If you could erase One film from existence Which would it be oh. Last Jedi obviously Obviously Jesus Christ Honestly I'd probably Feel a lot better About Star Wars If I could erase Last Jedi For the whole thing It would lower my <laughs> expectations And everyone I think the whole thing Would be a lot More chipper but if I could, I don't know. I don't know if I would erase any movie from. I don't think. No, I don't think I would because it all adds to the discussion. <laughs> it does. It, yeah. Even that. Yeah. It all adds to the discussion and helps yeah. you sort of reassert who you are and all the rest of it. So yeah. And, and if there was no yeah. Grown Ups two, some it would create a vacuum which would be filled by Grown Ups two. So. Blockbusters said yeah. uh, there is one question, an important one. The others will have to know. Would you like a cheese and ham breville? I, I don't know if I've had a Breville. What's a oh? Nice. Is it like a toasty? Well, I imagine that's a toasty. It's a toasty. Like Breville is just the name of yeah, a, it is a, a sandwich. Toaster. Well, then yes, I'd love one. Um, go on. Um, I mean, I will shit myself for seven weeks, but um, <laughs> I will too. But I'll enjoy that's, that. That's my problem. <laughs> I love that. Cinematic Adventure said, "Who is your favorite director, and what is their best movie?" Favorite director? Interestingly, I probably go with the Coen Brothers, just because they so can with. Two exceptions. They consistently make movies that delight and thrill me. And my favourite movie of theirs mm. is, of course, No Country for Old Men, with uh, The Big Lebowski a close second. Yeah. So, yeah, but so many wonderful directors working today where just every new film they make is something exciting. Yeah, I mean, my favourite director and film is actually Wes Anderson and the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. But um, the, the style of Wes Anderson's films mm. and the, the care and precision is just what I love about it. Yeah, it's always going to be something special. A lot of raw emotion in there, sort of hit, hit under the guise of uh, quirky <laughs> indiness. But there is, there is something unique to Christopher Nolan in as much as every time a new film comes up, and I, I actually noticed there's a new Tenet trailer, which I haven't watched yet. I'm hoping to catch mm. it at cinema at some stage maybe before rise of skywalker we'll we'll see been rumored but yeah it's it's just something about a nolan film where every time i go to see it i just feel like oh great this will be the thing i'll obsess over soon you know and it's just it's huge huge scale cinema um that is unparalleled from anyone else i think you can always rely on christopher nolan to push the boundaries absolutely and not deliver the simplest thing to not deliver like the simplest or most straightforward thing you know he's always going to take a risk and yeah you know give you something special yeah 
and I love that. Sean Flurl, um, talking from um, with, without the umbrella of Babybeard. Without um, the guys! Bravely, I feel. Said, you are both accepted into the Screen Actors Guild for reasons. However, they're no longer taking multiple pools for reasons. <laughs> Only one more pool. Which one of you changes your name and what to? I mean, I've always liked my middle name, Alexander. Mm. And I thought about being Alexander Salt yeah. or Alexander Hunter, which would, you know, be my mother's maiden name. So Alex Hunter mm. just has a kind of I... badass vibe to it, which maybe I can't live up to. <laughs> Tom Cruise is also called Alex Hunter. <laughs> um, he's Tom Cruise and Alex Hunter in the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> Shit. And, yeah, you're going to have to contest with him. I would always, yeah, I always wanted to be called by my middle, na- middle name, Alan, E-double-L-E-N. Mm. A-double-L-E-N, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, that's Ellen. Yes, uh, Ellen. <laughs> Ellen Goodman. <laughs> I'll take Ellen. Ellen Goodman. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah. You could take Nell's name. Um, Nell Goodman. Nellen. Yeah, Nellen Goodman. <laughs> Nell is actually short for Nellen. Uh, she hates it. She doesn't tell anyone about that. <laughs> Nellenor. She, she entrusted you. <laughs> Sophie, uh, the You Know What I Like podcast Yay. said, are there any specific films that first got you interested in exploring film analysis? If you could... Uh, okay, that's one question, and that seems directed at you. Oh, um... Well, it would be, I think, um, Mulholland Drive. It's the first film I really remember trying to, um, feeling the need to dissect and really sort of agonise over and tear apart. It was a film that just immediately got me interested and I, I, I had to know how it worked and I didn't. I think I focused on the wrong thing because I had this huge emotional reaction to it and Eraserhead, in fact, and I went after the wrong thing. I was trying to figure out exactly what everything meant and what literally happens in the story, whereas what I should have been thinking about is how David Lynch is manipulating the art of cinema to make me feel those ways and, you know, look deeper at the feelings that I felt. That's the real kind of thing that David Lynch does that is amazing and that's the real significance mm. of the thing to be analysed. Yeah, I would say it was the works of David Lynch that really got me into film analysis and Peter Greenaway. And, uh, Kevin James. But, um... <laughs> I have to know why this is so bad. The impact it has on me. <laughs> yeah. She got. She continues. If you could redo a film that had a great concept but a terrible execution, what film would you pick? That's a fucking great question, and exactly the kind of question that we should be asking because this kind of thing happens all the time. You know, movies come, they have concepts, but they just don't quite hit the mm. mark. Really? Mm. I mean, if we're being honest, I'd love to remake the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yep. I'd love to, because again, everything that happens in it, where the plot goes, what the characters do, I agree with all of it. It's exactly where I hoped it would go. I'd just take a bit longer to get there. And yeah. I've actually committed a fair amount of mental time into thinking how I would go about doing that. And so, yeah, I'd mm. love to have a go at those. But in terms of a movie, I don't know, Kingdom of Heaven's an interesting one that never really got, yeah. you know, done correctly. Or maybe the third X-Men film, you know, that was... Um, oh, um, God, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Both third X-Men films, you know, Last Stand and um, mm. Apocalypse, I think, both had potential in terms of stories, but yeah. pretty poor execution. Absolutely. Anyway, she continues, favourite song from the Gem and the Hologram soundtrack. <laughs> now, I have, I saw that and I have been thinking about it. I was hoping to get around to listening to the whole album again, but I forgot. Saw it on your Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that stick to me, stick in mind to me are um, We Got Heart. Fabulous. Oh, yeah. Fabulous song. Um, the Way I Was is the one she sings after she's had the terrible split. No. Uh... And I'm Still Here, which is the big reunion song at the end. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very Those good. Those are the three ones that's still with me years later. I can't remember Youngblood. That's the one she plays on her guitar and it like gets everyone's attention. Oh she yeah. What's the one that's again. no I won't go quietly? Um that's the way I was. Oh that's was. good. Yeah. Love that's that. Great. Cool. Thanks, Sophie. Yeah. Chris Attaway from Revisited said, How are uh, LN Railway such an incompetent rail service? <laughs> How does that happen? Is it run by two children standing on each other's shoulders in a <laughs> Raymac? Okay, who are who are LN Railway? Is that They're London Northern, 
I think I, uh, I okay. looked it up. And I'm very glad that you've come Ooh. to us with this question. We can tell you. Yeah. It's because British railways are really underfunded. And unfortunately, because of the way the system works here and the way the country is laid out, they have a monopoly mm. on transport in which they can ri- mm. raise prices but not actually be held accountable for quality. Because what the yeah. fuck are you going to do? Go get on a bus? No, you're not. You're going to get a train. You're going to give them your money, regardless of how good the service is. And that's why so it should be, be fucking nationalized vote labor and <laughs> all the rest. It's, yeah, um, it's a, a bad s- system. Scourge of privatization. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming to us through the question there, Chris. <laughs> Southeastern um, is also shite. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. But all of them, like literally everyone I know who lives just outside of London complains about how shit the service is getting into London. Oh, yeah. So Virgin, Southern, everything. Southwestern. It's all garbage. Good stuff. Long may it continue. Doesn't work. And it's the most expensive railfare in Europe. Yay. Um, un- undeservedly. <laughs> the Simpsons Index said, what is the ah! best movie snack? It's pizza. <laughs> you know what? Earlier on, I was trying to eat a donut time donut and a screening of Knives Out. And that's a messy old thing. And it's quite dark in the early <laughs> parts of that film. So I was just kind of spooning out random bits of donut into my face. So oh, not that. That's multiple forms, Paul. You've got solids and liquids and gases all in there. You can't do that to a Ron <laughs> Ga- Johnson. I love those gases. I love those donut gases. It's actually a smaller donut. <laughs> um, now, popcorn is ideal, really. Popcorn's great because you can share it. You can pass it around. It's you nice can and noisy. germs around it. Yeah. It's nice and noisy. Perfect. Or a nice squishy hot dog with its odours. To be honest, you probably shouldn't eat in a cinema. <laughs> yeah. Eat just before, like a gentleman But would. if I'm at home... If I'm at home watching something on the TV, gotta love Maltesers. Mm. My local blockbuster used to sell big bags of Maltesers with the movies you'd rent out, and I think that put the association in mind. Yeah, if I if I could still eat chocolate, I would revels. I think because you never know what you're gonna get. Mm, that's good. And, you know, sometimes you know get. cinema isn't immersive enough. <laughs> we watch anything. Said, uh-huh. what one film would you show an adult who had never seen a movie before? Fucking hell. I'd, w- I'd show them The Enigma of Casper Hauser, which would really sort of put their own experience in context. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a lot like what happened to me. <laughs> um, fuck. Okay. What would I show? Shawshank Redemption, what, what? best movie of all time. <laughs> Maybe. It's pretty good. No, I'd show someone uh, them something with women in it. Uh, God almighty. Maybe a musical. Maybe um, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Something joyful. Something just purely cinematically joyful that can just get them on board with why this exists or charlie chaplin film it's you know universal in its language yeah maybe those before we start bending with the concepts just introduce them to the basics of why this is amazing and the things it can do okay well the wizard of oz that's a pretty good first one very colorful that'll put airs on your chest that should hopefully stop the person from shitting themselves and screaming (laughs) as they see the magical moving pictures but we we all do it it all happens to all of us so Omesh Singh said, "What film improved the most as a result of rewatching it?" It's got to be uh, Tree of Life, I think. I mean, oh, I yeah. really disliked it the first time I saw it. It was um, not a film I. I thought it was. Pre- I came away thinking that is a pretentious film. That's what I said to the people I saw it with, and felt that somehow it had not been made with me in mind. That it was a movie that had been made for some other purpose, like to show off or something, and that yeah. I wasn't actually being invited to enjoy it. But revisiting it, I now appreciate much more what it's you know able to do with its gorgeous cinematography mm. with um i think it's is it emmanuel lebeski doing cinematography i think it might be um but it's yeah gorgeous cinematography fantastic use of um of music and yeah rubbish cgi dinosaurs it really grew on me i i would say the first one that comes to mind for me is the darjeeling limited oh yes, um, yeah i remember seeing it and in the cinema just being on the surface a very just a yeah, two-dimensional Wes mm. Anderson light movie about three quirky yeah. boys running away from their problems. Mm. But um, I've had multiple rewatches now, 
And yeah. um, there's just this skill that Wes Anderson has for creating these incredibly deep characters. Mm. Um, they they grow on you with re- with rewatches. Yeah, and it's more about the the notes someone's not playing, the silences between yeah. the words and the lines. There's lots of that in these characters. And yeah, yeah, it's a very it's a very slow organic process with the rewatching, but it just yeah. um change my change my understanding and feelings towards that movie in a really really positive way excellent i think i i, had, I did actually have something with royal tenenbaums in which I, I saw it for the first time and thought that's a good movie i enjoyed that it was entertaining mm. good characters i liked it but then years later the second time i saw it was at the cinema with you guys mm. and it, just seeing it on the big screen made me realize just what a fantastic film that is in terms of its form in terms of its structure yeah. and its storytelling through visual you know, means is just a really cinematic film. That really, I remember that making me challenge my assertion that Moonrise Kingdom was my favorite Wes Anderson. Mm. Think, oh, maybe, maybe it is Tenenbaums. Maybe it's the obvious answer for a reason because it's actually his best film. His best, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that was a huge increase for me. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we have one more, okay. and it's from Cin- Cinematic Adventure again. Uh, okay. They're back with Good. the hard-hitting questions oh no ott pod they say they start are you guys gonna cover cats or rise of skywalker first yeah both films had a lot of expectations and have now been released to uh mixed reviews yes in one sense and in the other a fucking appalling um really derisive reviews yeah. i'm so interested in seeing cats now yeah. to be honest when that first trailer dropped all i thought was that the cgi looked bad and i hate james corden a lot <laughs> and now two good now points. that everyone hates this two good points two excellent points now that everyone hated it, I really want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to have to. I'm just checking the Rotten Tomatoes score because the Rotten Tomatoes score is a it's, it's rotten, but it's a 57 to 59% at the moment, which is yeah, not usually what we would take to you know do a no, whole episode on Rise of Skywalker. Having said that, Revenge of the Sith got 80%. That's true. Um, that is very true. But that was part of a trend that we had already started. Have you seen yeah. the Cats Rotten Tomatoes score? It's 19%. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, I mean, Cats is a definite. The Rise of, yeah. Rise of Skywalker, whether that just forms part of our 2019. Yeah, probably. Uh, more likely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, retrospective or... That's more likely, that's... I think. When it appears in my top 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we could get at least an hour of, uh, of solid chat out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, but good, good question. Good question. And uh, challenge kind of accepted. <laughs> I'm going to find those Great. good things well, about cats. <laughs> that's it from the OG team. Thanks. Thanks, OG team. Thanks for your Three continued... Three years in. Thanks for your continued listening, for making this whole thing just so worthwhile, and your engagement. Some of you have guest appeared on our episodes, and we really appreciate that. It's always been joyful, and we look forward to participating with more of you in the future. Absolutely. We've got some wonderful future plans coming up. We've got just more... Uh, six idea episodes we're going deeper into the past we've got more special episodes and oh man just the whole thing lies ahead of us and some interesting yeah. ideas as well some un- fun little concepts that we're going to be getting into mm. starting as soon as the next episode actually so keep an eye out but golly um, golly gosh golly gosh but in the meantime paul where can people find out about the one good thing that there, there, there is why don't they ask the guy who's over the road stealing lemons again fuck me what is with that Literally. guy <laughs> this one guy helps himself <laughs> A, you sure it's not your cat, a fool right? To his own cause, whatever the saying is. <laughs> fool to himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's only cheating himself. They are, I mean, they're overhanging. You know, they're hanging into the pavement, and <laughs> even my doctor said that was fair game. So, <laughs> and, he, and he's allowed to sign documents. He's a scientist, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about this sort of stuff. <laughs> Just ask Andrew, Andrew Wakefield. Don't ask <laughs> Andrew Wakefield how to get in touch with OGT Pod because he'll tell you that it was all a hoax and that it's just there to damage our children. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, this time, he's actually right. We are trying to do that, but he's got no credibility left now. Yeah, which is fortunate for us. So <laughs> for all the rest of you poor fools, you can um, get in touch on Twitter and Facebook, OGTPod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com. If you want to tell a friend, if you want to leave a five-star review, then you can absolutely do that. Do it without the, the condescending Irish accent that I just did. <laughs> if you can. iTunes won't. If, if you could, please. Um, I only did that just to point out the awkwardness of doing that so with that in mind mm. um, we're also on the a lot of green network us and some other really good australian podcasts find us and them and it on that excellent good news man okay i'm paul salt i'm paul goodman and remember one good thing about one good thing is that next month we're gonna have to start watching horror slasher films for the halloween episode fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Genesis hums creepily to herself and puts on some makeup in a weird way because is this a comedy? I don't. Is, is Eli Roth? <laughs> is Eli Roth? Paul, is Eli Roth? Is Eli Roth? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we can tell. And he's like, um, why don't you trust me anymore? Is it because of Obi Wan? No. Did somebody say Obi Wan? <laughs> Seems like a good time for me to make my entrance. He's told Samuel Jackson that the Emperor's evil. The, the fairly sinister man is evil and he's got to go do something about it and he's like oh yeah. <laughs> me and he's like <laughs> ah puppies he's like alright <laughs> yeah, I love it I played the role of the violator. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm here for the nativity. I shall be playing the role of the violator. (laughs) Come on, kids. Back at the neighbours across the street from you. Aside from stealing the fruit from their trees. Um, kick in their windows. <laughs> break in. Set light to the living room and toilet. <laughs> steal the wife. And leave your calling card. What a scheme! What a joke! I am the good one! <laughs> we will bring peace to the galaxy. You can start by killing the children. <laughs> Anyway, what was this CD? Special Ops written on it with a label maker. <laughs> the screenwriter for Born suddenly just goes, Ooh. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> so much um, I better go and read that in, in one of the computers that voices exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I love those 90s computers. <laughs>
<laughs> Accessing <Readings>. secure facility. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you'd like to know that you are breaking many laws reading the secure <laughs> files. Martin Sheen isn't going to like this. Are you, are you siding with Martin Sheen? No. <laughs> He's my boss. He pays my wages. Don't you, Martin? He pays. Oh, fuck. He pays the electricity bill, <laughs> which is my food juice. This is very complicated. I'm going to leave this sequence.